0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. It is Monday, November twelfth of two thousand eighteen. As always, I am your host, Thomas Bendit, and I apologize once again. We we've, we've kind of been hit or miss here over the last few months, uh, as far as the podcast is concerned. Um, as I mentioned, just just personally, I uh, have had a very busy schedule. Um, but hopefully we can, we can start doing these a lot more regularly you know, with the season starting here um, and dive into the topics that everyone wants to hear about. So uh, Today, uh, it's just me. We don't have any guests on here tonight. But what I'm going to do is essentially I'm going to try to hit on as much as I can here in the next half hour or so. Uh, this is going to be sort of the, the quick hitter version of the podcast. I'm going to try to work through every team give some thoughts and analysis. We're roughly one week through the season. Some teams have still only played one game on the year. Some have played two. Um, I'm not sure if anybody has played three yet. I don't think so. Uh, But a lot of teams have played two handful have played uh, against quality competition. You know, Michigan state's one of them, Ohio state's one of them, Purdue is one of them. Uh, Minnesota is playing against Utah tonight and I should note um, I I had to begin the podcast I tried to hold off as long as I could um, but had to start here uh, just to get it done for for personal uh, purposes uh, so that game is still going on Minnesota's up by about eight there's about three minutes left so I'm gonna hold off on Minnesota until the end hopefully that game will will wrap up um, and we'll be able to talk about the results uh, a little bit but So I'm going to start, and what I'm going to essentially work off of are my most recent Big Ten Power Rankings. If you haven't checked them out, I would highly recommend it. Got to get the plug in there. Uh, I would highly recommend it, um, checking them out. Uh, So I'm going to work through, jump from team to team, give you some thoughts and analysis on what's happened so far and, and kind of what to look for. Going forward, and one thing I would note, um, again, I'm I'm not trying to regurgitate my power rankings and, and what I already have on the website here tonight, but I would just note um, my rankings for the the Big Ten power rankings are solely based on what teams have done on the court. Uh, that's a new a new thing this year. Uh, I thought it would give it a little more of an interesting twist rather than just put up the same list everybody else has. Uh, So this is based on what you've done on the court, what have you shown me, I don't care about projections, I don't care about predictions, which is going to make things really weird (laughs) for the first couple weeks when we have teams with such divergent schedules, so we'll start at the top, this week I had Ohio State number one, which uh, if you're someone who's looked at the preseason projections, it's kind of uh, a bold take, to put it nicely, but Ohio State has, has has the most on the resume as of uh, early Monday morning. Essentially, uh, you know, I didn't include today's games, obviously, the Monday games. But Ohio State had the most on the schedule because they went on the road last week and scored a huge win against in-state foe Cincinnati in what wasn't a rivalry game, but I, I think had a little bit of an extra edge there. Uh, you know, Cincinnati and Bearcat fans have, have felt res- disrespected for some time by Ohio State and Ohio State's reluctance to schedule them. So new head coach, new coaching staff. Chris Holdman was fine with, with going down to, to Cincinnati, playing a road game there. And Ohio State walked out with a win. Final score, 64-56. Really impressive game uh, for the Buckeyes. They really controlled it from start to finish. Cincinnati had one run in the second half where they made a little noise, but otherwise Ohio state simply went in there, beat them. You know, it wasn't a beat down. It wasn't a blowout, but it was a nice solid win. Uh, The Buckeyes shot pretty well from outside the arc, 40%. Kyle Young was the big star. CJ Jackson uh, contributed as well. And I I really think um, I know Luther Muhammad is, is getting a lot of attention from people as far as Ohio state, but I think Kyle Young's the guy to watch. I think he's a diverse player. I think he can be a, a problem for a lot of opponents because he, he really sort of uh, can play multiple spots. Um, so I think, I think he's sort of a, a big X factor here for Ohio state this season, but they go into Cincinnati, they get a big win and they follow uh, that up with a dominating win over Purdue Fort Wayne on Sunday afternoon. Overall. Um, again, I have Ohio state first in my power rankings, as I mentioned, it, it's kind of an odd set this year, but that's that's what I've just decided to do. Um, I, I think Ohio State they're still got to prove themselves a little bit uh, if they're going to end up being a tournament team. Um, you know, most had them projected pretty low coming into the season in the Big Ten. A lot of people thought they'd be would be an NIT team at best. We'll see if that's true. But the good news is is Ohio State has an opportunity now to really put together a pretty solid non-conference record um, and certainly record going into the end of this calendar year. And what I would say that is if you take a look at Ohio state schedule, they go on the road to face Creighton this week, Thursday night. Uh, Creighton uh, in terms of the advanced stats projected pretty equally with Ohio state. Uh, you know, Ken Palm has Creighton favored barely. Uh, that's, Pretty much close to a toss-up. Creighton's a slight favorite, but if Creighton underwhelms a little bit, Ohio State can go on there and get a road win. They follow that up with three games against filler opponents, South Carolina State, Samford, Cleveland State. All three of those should be easy wins. Um, So, again, assuming Ohio State can go on the road and beat Creighton, which is a huge question mark, but if they do it, um, then you're you're sitting here, you're looking at 6-0, Ohio State hosts Syracuse um, November 28th in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. That's going to be a huge game. Uh, You know, Syracuse is a top ten Ken Palm team. The Orange are projected by many to be a deep contender, but you get that game at home. um, And, again, Ken Palm has that as as about a toss-up. So if you can uh, upset the Orange, and even even if you can't uh, and you drop one there, Ohio State follows that up with Minnesota at home, which absolutely can be a win. Illinois um, on a neutral court—it's kind of a weird game. That one's going to be in Chicago, uh, and then they get Bucknell, Young State, <laughs> Young State. Young Sound State at home, UCLA on a neutral court, and then High Point to close out non-conference play on December 29th. Every single game on there is winnable. Um, honestly, I, I think the two that stand out as is, is looking very difficult are the Creighton Road Trip, which is this week, and then the Syracuse game at home. Every other one, Ohio State is flat-out favored in, according to Ken Palm, and most of them by a significant margin. So this Creighton game is a big toss-up game. If Ohio State can go out and win this game, they have a very, very good chance to enter January with one loss on the resume. It's not a crazy thought. Um, odds are they'll, they'll probably drop at least one, uh, maybe two. I mean, I, my money would be they probably go into January with two losses, uh, but they have a shot. If they can beat Creighton, they have a very good shot of entering January with one loss or even an undefeated record. So something to keep an eye on. Buckeyes have looked good so far. They got one nice road win under their belts. Um, and we will, we will stay tuned to, to see what happens down the, the rhyme, down the line, the right, down the line. Um, so that's the first one. Number two on my power rankings, Purdue. Uh, Purdue has not played the, the greatest opponents. Um, they opened up with a dominating win over Fairfield uh, last Tuesday, and then they followed that up with a home win over Ball State on Saturday. The things I would say as far as Purdue, though, is, is number one, they have looked the part. Uh, you know, they played teams that are not final four caliber opponents, but, um, ball state is a top 100 team. And, you know, for those who are, uh, I guess a little skeptical of ball state being a good opponent, uh, just keep in mind the big 10 had a number of teams, uh, over the last few years who have finished outside the top 100, um, on Ken Palm. Last season, the Big Ten had three. Illinois, Minnesota, and Rutgers all finished outside the top 100 on Ken Palm. Ball State, whether they can actually stay up there remains to be seen, but on paper, Ball State's a pretty good MAC team. Uh, Purdue gets a solid uh, win there. They were in control of that game. As I mentioned, they beat down Fairfield. Uh, Purdue is going to get Appalachian State here on Thursday on a neutral court. Um, That is part of the uh, Charleston Classic, um, and then likely Wichita State would be sitting there on Friday. So Purdue, uh, they've looked the part of a a really quality unit, a team that could potentially contend for the Big Ten title if if things go right. Um, And the one thing that's got to be exciting for Boilermaker fans is they're going to get a really good look at – how this team performs here in in the coming days. Appalachian State is a team they should beat. Uh, you know, Ken Palm has it at a 92% chance for Purdue to win, but they're a little bit better than some of these other teams uh, the Big Ten teams have been facing here recently. So that's an opportunity to grab a win um, and then move on face Wichita State, which would be a, a really intriguing game. Uh, so Purdue has a couple of uh, nice opportunities to keep things rolling. Um, but i like what I've seen from the Boilermakers so far. Big question mark will be, can Ryan Klein keep up his early season start? Um, and how does Eastern progress here over the next few weeks? If that, there's some positive answers there, I think Purdue has a shot to contend for the Big Ten title. Um, next on the list, I have Michigan State at third. Uh, for those who... Uh, How do I want to say this? Um, (laughs) Excuse me. Um, I know I just said that my power rankings are based only on what you've done. um, And Michigan State is the only Big Ten team as of this minute to have lost, as I mentioned, that Minnesota game is still going. So we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that. It looks like Minnesota is going to get the win, um, but keep an eye on that. But the thing is, is I'm, I'm not going to necessarily punish Michigan State too heavily for losing to Kansas on a neutral court. They opened up the season with a loss to Kansas, but very competitive game down the stretch. Kansas controlled it, but Michigan State did push them a little bit in the last few minutes. Um, and then Michigan State follows it up with a dominating win over Florida Gulf Coast, uh, scoring 106 points on the afternoon. I know that's a little misleading because Florida Gulf Coast and Michigan State are relatively fast teams. But still, that's a really impressive total uh, to put up there. Um, As as far as Michigan State goes, I I think it's about what we expected to see. Uh, Spartans not good enough to beat Kansas. They're probably not uh, as good as that top, top level. But this is a chance to be a top 10 unit uh, going forward. This has a chance to be a team that enters March with a really impressive seed. And we'll find out here in in the coming days if if Michigan State can can do that. Uh, they have Louisiana Monroe here on Wednesday and then te- Tennessee Tech on Sunday. so a chance to get two easy wins and then they head out to play UCLA uh, following Thursday. Um, I believe that's Thanksgiving so uh, Michigan State looks in good shape to get the three and one and then they'll get their next uh, challenge and that's when I think we're gonna find out whether you know, Michigan state's a top 30 team, whether they're a top 20 team or whether they're a top 10 team, uh, you know, with UCLA and some solid opponents, uh, along with the Bruins. So moving on from Michigan state, Nebraska, another team that, um, and really, you know, I'm, I'm going to group the <laughs> the next three teams in here together. That's Nebraska, um, Indiana and Maryland. Um, you know, what, I'll, I'll separate these two. I'll Nebraska and Indiana. Those are the teams I want to, I want to talk about here. Both teams, they open up at two and zero. they both played absolute garbage. Uh, I don't care what anyone tells you. Uh, if someone tells you they played good teams or even mediocre teams, uh, ignore everything they say. Indiana played two terrible teams. Nebraska played two terrible teams. However, Both of them absolutely laid the smack down on on their opponents. They crushed them as good teams would. The games were never competitive. They were never even close. Uh, I believe Nebraska has won both their games by 50 points or something like that. Um, It's been really impressive, Uh, but (laughs) we can only be so impressed by beating up on the likes of Southeastern Louisiana, Mississippi Valley state. So, Uh, Both these teams have looked like NCAA-quality teams, but, of course, we're going to need to see what they do against real opponents. Nebraska faces Seton Hall at home this Wednesday. Um, That's going to be a huge opportunity for a marquee win. Likewise, Indiana is going to get Marquette at home on Wednesday. Uh, Both of these games are part of the Gavitt Games Challenge. Uh, And then Indiana is going to travel to face Arkansas out of the SEC on Sunday for the Hoosiers. Both these games are projected uh, to be pretty competitive. Uh, according to Ken Palm, I think Indiana really, they really need to find a way to at least go one and one in these two. And frankly, I, I think two and O needs to be the goal, given that uh, Ken Palm has not favored in both games. Um, I think this is a huge opportunity for Archie Miller to, to really turn the page on last season. For Nebraska, um, the Huskers have been awesome at home over the last couple of years. The the team has really struggled on neutral courts and on the road, and we'll get to that down the line specifically next week. But this is a chance. You got them at home. You play well at home. Uh, I think Nebraska is frankly going to beat Seton Hall pretty easily in this game. Um, but this is a big opportunity for two teams that should be NCAA-quality units, Uh, the big 10 really struggled in these types of games last year, where the upper middle class of the conference could not beat quality opponents. Uh, both of these guys will have, uh, some big opportunities this week. Uh, so moving on to the, the next two teams, Maryland and Michigan. Um, the reason I want to group these together is, uh, both of them had kind of a similar start as Indiana and Nebraska. Um, Michigan didn't play anybody great. Both opponents uh, outside the top 200 on Ken Palm. Maryland, relatively similar thing. Uh, and I, I do have to correct something I said earlier. Maryland has played three games so far, um, but they're in a similar track. Uh, Maryland and Michigan have both played uh, all opponents outside the top 200 on Ken Palm. Um, but both of them have, have had a little bit of uh, testy spots. Maryland has to battle Delaware to get out with a win. The final score is just a six-point margin. Um, Maryland was in position to win the game for pretty much the whole time, but a little bit closer than I think people would like. And, and Michigan absolutely had to battle Holy Cross <clears throat> last Saturday uh, to get through that matchup at 2-0. Um, the Wolverines had a great second half, so Holy Cross was, was pretty much dominated uh, in the final 20 minutes. But still Michigan trailed at halftime and really had to work itself out at home to take down what was a very undermatched uh up well undermatched, overmatched opponent um in Holy Cross. But both these teams though, both still undefeated. Uh they got the business done and and like Indiana and Nebraska, they're both gonna start getting some bigger challenges this week. Uh Michigan goes on the road to face Villanova on Wednesday and then we'll return home or excuse me, not return home, uh, head out to Connecticut to face George Washington on Saturday and what should be uh, a solid win for the Wolverines. But the Villanova game looks, looks very, very difficult on paper. Uh, I can't sit here and, and say with a straight face that I think Michigan's going to win that game. However, uh, Wolverines do have a really good uh, defensive play and we'll, we'll really get a real idea of where this Michigan team is at on Wednesday because the Holy Cross game was hit or miss Norfolk state was even a little bit closer than I think fans would have liked for a while. Um, And to put it in context a little bit, Michigan started the season 23rd on Ken Palm. They're down to 26th. So they haven't performed up to expectations, but they have, uh, both wins were still by double digits, so we'll see on Wednesday. This is going to be a big week for Michigan and John Beeline. This is a chance to sort of uh, prove that this team can can perform against top opponents this year without some of the stars from last year's team. And on the other hand, Maryland, they get Hofstra at home on Friday, uh, who is going to be a step up from the earlier teams they have played, then Mount St. Mary's on Sunday. They won't get a a major test here, um, probably till the Big Ten ACC Challenge, but a few more intriguing opponents, and and we'll start to get a little better idea on the Terps and Wolverines here over the next couple weeks. Uh, The next team um, on my list is Rutgers, who comes in at number eight. The Scarlet Knights, they also kind of fall into this Indiana Nebraska category. The only reason I would separate them here is um, Rutgers is not nearly as proven as those two opponents. Um, But Rutgers has looked very impressive. Now they've played absolute garbage. Again, that's something I have to keep noting here. Um, But Rutgers has actually moved up 31 spots on Ken Palm here over the first week of the season. So it's hard to downplay what they have done to date they have not beaten anyone of note, but when you jump 31 spots on Ken Palm, uh, you've played pretty well. Uh, Rutgers, though, they're going to get St. John's at home on Friday. It should be an interesting mashup. Uh, Ken Palm likes St. John's in the game, but you know this is a chance for Steve Peagle and the Rutgers staff to show that they have turned the page on what was a uh, rough year for the Scarlet Knights last year and really has been a rough decade or so uh, for the program. Um, this is the type of win that could really, really build some momentum. And frankly, Rutgers, uh, they get two manageable games after that with Eastern Michigan and Boston University at home. Um, they could get, they could easily get to five and zero here if they can find a way to beat St. John's on Friday. So uh, big game for Rutgers and really the, big 10, I would say, because, um, you know, with all due respect to Rutgers fans and Scarlet Knight fans, um, Rutgers has really been an anchor for the league here in the, the statistical measures for a while. Um, and this is a chance for Rutgers to show that they're not going to be that anchor anymore. They're going to carry their weight a little bit. Um, so it should be fun to watch continuing on. Um, I'm going to group, uh, four teams here together. And again, if you're a fan of these teams, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to downplay it. It's just, we have a lot, a lot of teams that have played no one yet um, and have only played one team. So we just, we don't have a lot, uh, or at least I don't have a lot to say tonight. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm just trying to work through the teams here, hit on everyone. Um, the four teams are Wisconsin, Penn state, Illinois, Northwestern. Uh, I have these teams respectively 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. So Wisconsin 10th, Penn State 11th, Illinois 12th, uh, Northwestern 13th. I don't really have anything uh, too significant to say on any of these teams. Um, all, th- or all of them, with the exception of Northwestern, have only played one game. They've all won, um, and they played pretty weak competition at home. Uh so so nothing really to take away. Um Northwestern added a, a second win tonight over American. So a little more to add, uh as far as the Wildcats are concerned, but um none of them have played anyone of note whatsoever. Um I do think uh Illinois some of the newcomers uh did look pretty solid. Um I I really uh think Illinois has a little more potential than they've I think many in the national media think um northwestern again two solid wins but neither team in the top 200 and and really you can go down all four of these teams lines so again we'll we'll talk about these teams a little more next time uh once <laughs> once we actually have something to really talk about um and that's not me trying to avoid talking about them but that's the truth uh coming ahead though uh as far as these guys are concerned, Wisconsin's going to get Xavier on Tuesday. So, obviously, we're going to learn a lot um, about the, the Badgers um, this week. Uh, Penn State – excuse me, I, I apologize earlier. I forgot Penn State beat Jacksonville State earlier tonight. was not an uh, impressive win. I, I didn't think it was very impressive – Uh, Penn State ended up winning by 15, but the game was relatively competitive um, until uh, a technical foul was called in in the final minutes there. And Penn State sort of padded the lead a little bit uh, to close things out. But Penn State is going to get the ball on the road this week on Thursday night. Um, Again, kind of the same as as Wisconsin. You know, fans are hoping um, the team can build on uh, last year. Um, and we'll we'll get a better idea, you know, once they play someone in the in the top 100. Um, Illinois is in the same boat. They get Georgetown at home on Tuesday, and um, Northwestern not as much. Uh, they're not going to play anyone good, probably. Well, I'll use "good" loosely, but they're not going to play anyone of note until the Big Ten-ACC challenge. So, Wildcats will be a little bit of a wild card and an unknown here for at least a week or two, but. The other three will get um, notable games this week where we can start uh, evaluating where they stand. Uh, so, yeah, the last two teams I want to hit on here tonight, first off, Iowa, um, and then I will wrap back around to Minnesota, who is the uh, the team that, that's still finishing up here on Monday night. Uh, I believe they actually are, yes, Uh, So Minnesota did beat Utah, big win for the Gophers, but we'll hit on them in a second. Uh, Iowa, I have them dead last in my power rankings. Um, I'll start out by saying, again, it's very early. Most, you know, the vast majority of these teams have not played anyone of note yet. So uh, make sure to keep that in context. Uh, Early on with my system of of ranking these teams, things are going to swing massively. So don't, get too bent out of shape one way or the other uh, as far as these are concerned because they're going to move a lot here um, in the coming days. uh, Excuse me. I think the defense has continued to look pretty underwhelming. I have not been impressed. I could have beaten them um, on Sunday. Um, Iowa really relied on free throws to put that one away. Um, they, they won the game. Um, they won it by 11 points in the final score, but I, I still, I I was not impressed by that win. Um, Iowa, the good news, if you are someone who believes in Iowa and thinks I am, uh, just full of it, (laughs) uh, they do get Oregon, um, on Thursday night, that's a chance to get a huge win. If they could take down the Ducks, that, that really would, would put to bed, some of these concerns um, along with that, you know, they, they are going to get some more challenging games here through the end of November, including Pittsburgh at home and then Wisconsin at home. So, oh guys, uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not too optimistic uh, about where that team is heading this season and, and frankly, long-term, but we will see, we've only seen them play two uh, terrible opponents. So, who, who knows how, how things will shake up. Uh, the last team to touch on is, is Minnesota. They just played their second game of the season tonight. They beat Utah at home um, by a 78-69 to 69 margin. So they end up covering the Ken Palm spread. Uh, the team will probably bump up a spot or two here. They're sitting at 49th on Ken Palm overall as of Monday evening. Um, again, that Utah game has not been uploaded. Uh, Big win for the Gophers Uh, heading into today's game against Utah. I had them ninth. Uh, I will say without a doubt, I would bump them up at least a spot, probably two or three um, based upon that Utah win, because uh, frankly, it's probably the second, um, maybe third, I don't know, probably second most impressive win for the league so far of this very, very young season. But uh, that's a solid win. Uh, Those are the type of games Minnesota let slip away a lot last season. Got to be encouraged by Jordan Murphy early on. Guy was an absolute monster on the boards tonight. Um, It will be uh, intriguing to see where Minnesota lands, but they will get another tough game here on Sunday against Texas A&M on a neutral court. Um, And we will uh, see what happens. Uh, A&M, Ended up making, uh, I want to say, the the Sweet 16. Yeah, the Sweet 16 last year where they fell to the Wolverines. Um, but a uh, solid team. Uh, moving, taking a step back from my my sort of rambling here about, <laughs> about every team, um, I wanted to, to touch on for a second just kind of where I feel like the league is, where I feel like it's heading. Um, first off, I... I see no reason to, to really change the perspective on the, the title contenders for the conference. I think Michigan State, uh, Purdue, uh, Michigan still, still look like the teams that, that are going to contend for it. And I would note Michigan has not. They've looked like they're weaker than Michigan State and Purdue so far. But, uh, you know, we've seen for, what, five, six years now, Michigan sort of has trended up as the season continued. I think Michigan has a lot of talented young pieces that will likely progress as the season continues. So right now, I I think those three are are probably the teams to watch for the title. But as I I keep repeating on this podcast, so hopefully people remember it uh, very early. A lot of these teams have still played no one. So there's a lot that can change here very, very quickly. Um, As far as the NCAA tournament contenders, um, I, I honestly, I think... Michigan Michigan State, Purdue, uh, those look like the safest bets. I think Indiana definitely looks like an or excuse me Indiana, Nebraska definitely look like NCAA tournament teams right now. I think everyone else is, is kind of a question mark. We need to see them play against some better competition. you know I, I'd say Maryland uh, would probably be the team I, I would feel the best about otherwise, but again, that Delaware game was not not too encouraging so we'll have to see um but with that i am going to call it a night i, I apologize this is sort of a, a quick rambling but i wanted to get something out here uh for you guys to listen to um and frankly uh uh we'll see we'll see kind of how, how things go but it's uh thank you everyone for tuning in um and we'll see you uh, all next time thanks